Go with me, please, in the scriptures to 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold your hand up real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of these. Take the time and find them and let your eyes rest on the words and they'll get in you better. We've been on the subject of fighting the good fight of faith. I believe today is our 18th message on this. Hallelujah. How many that's been here would say it's been worth staying on it for 18 times? I mean, it's, I believe we're nearing the, the close of this. Not that you exhausted it or reached the end of it, but just you just unhook from it for now. Focus on the next thing until the Lord brings us back to it again. But uh, 1 Timothy 6.12 has been our main text. 1 Timothy 6.12. What does it say? Fight the good fight of faith. Let's say that out loud together a couple of times. Fight the good fight of faith. Another time. Fight the good fight of faith. Are you going to have to fight? You're going to have to fight in this life or be defeated. I've had people look at me in tears and I go, yeah, Brother Keith, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> well, you're going to be defeated. Then, If you're not going to be defeated, deceived, defeated, destroyed by your enemy, you're going to have to fight. What do we know about this fight? It's a good fight. Well, what would you uh, uh, tend to think if it's a good fight? Yeah, when's the last time you heard somebody, they got beat to a pulp? And they got coming and dragging and going, man, it was a good fight. It was a, they beat the pudding out of me, but it was a good fight. No, you, wouldn't, you don't call it a good fight when you get beat to a pulp. When do you think it's a good fight? When even though you might have had to really get after it, but yet you won. You won. You won. Has the Lord ordained that we win? He has. He has. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. So we, he's ordained us to be winners, not losers, overcomers, more than conquerors. Am I still quoting scriptures? Somebody say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner, not a loser. You know who's a loser? The devil. He may not want to accept it, but he is. Have you read the back of the book? Hey, anybody read the back of the book? No one has ever lost on the scale that the devil has lost. You talk about loser, capital L. The next time the enemy tries to mess with you, just go, oh, is that you? He's not a loser. He's the, capital T, capital L, the loser. Are you born again? 
Next time he tries to mess with you, talk about your troubles and your problems, you just say, hey, I don't have any troubles beside you. I mean, if everything went bad in my life, if, if I came short of everything in this life, I didn't get my healing, I didn't get my finances, I died young and prematurely and wrong, I'm still saved. My name's in the last book of life. Is that right? I'm out of here. I'm going straight to be with Jesus. How about you, devil? How are you coming out in this deal? I'm a winner. When I accepted Jesus, I became a winner. No matter what. And I'll always be a winner. That ought to help you out. That ought to, that ought to boost you right there. I'm winning no matter what. No matter what. If you do lose something, it was just a battle. It wasn't a whole war. Right? <laughs> And you know, uh, a million years from now, how much of the stuff you think we're going to remember? Yeah. About somebody that didn't get this, or didn't get that, or this didn't work out. All that stuff. We are going to be, hallelujah, experiencing the glories throughout the ages with him. That's why Jesus said when the disciples came back, they were rejoicing. They said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Whew, we just say get, and they get. <laughs> and there's Keith Moore paraphrasing. Now he said, that's great, boys. That's great, boys. But let me tell you what you ought to be shouting about. Your name is written. Hallelujah. In the Lamb's book of life, you are an eternal part of the family of God and a citizen of heaven forever. Woo! Now that is something to jump up and run around about. <laughs> What kind of fight is it? Good fight. What else do we know about this faith? What kind of fight is it? It's a faith fight. And that's what I want us to camp on some more today. The Lord, I got new light on this. Uh, hallelujah. Actually, when I was preaching last Sunday toward the end, I thought I was, that would be the last message, but it wasn't. And, uh, <laughs> and I can't guarantee that this is the last message on on this either. But the fight of faith, faith being the key word here. Said out loud, fight, fight. The, good fight the good fight of faith. Okay. And what the Lord began to deal with me about, in fact, go to um, Ephesians, the sixth chapter that we've been looking, where he talks about the armor and he talks about. Standing against the enemy. Ephesians 6.10 says. Finally my brethren. Do what? Be strong strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Is he going to help you fight? Oh yeah. Don't say well I don't know if I can do this. Well you can't on your own. But you're not on your own. You're not not on your own. You can do it in his might. In his power. Keep going. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now notice he didn't say the power of the devil. The devil's been defeated. The devil's been stripped and brought to naught. None of us as believers should be afraid of the devil or any demon or any evil spirit. Yeah, they exist. But so much of what people believe about the devil is a bunch of junk they got from Hollywood. 
It's got nothing to do with reality. When you know the truth as a child of God, you will have no fear, zero fear of the devil. If you're afraid of the devil, it's because you're still believing lies. There's some things you're confused about. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. You don't know who the devil is, what he is. But when you find out the truth, the truth will make you free. What happens when you resist the devil? Well, how much of a monster must he be? If when you resist him, he leaves every time. Why should you be afraid of it? No, like I'm saying, people have watched a bunch of movies and they've read a bunch of books, just a bunch of junk that's got nothing to do with the truth. The devil is not this, uh, you know, he's not this horned, red-skinned figure with a tail and a pitchfork. Actually, the Bible teaches us he tries to come across as an angel of light, which comes back to what? His trickery. His deceit. You shouldn't be concerned about the devil's power at all. What should you be concerned about? How tricky he is. How wily, how crafty he is. You should take that very seriously. The enemy's not going to defeat you because he's so powerful and so terrible. If he defeats you, it'll be because he tricked you. And people mock the devil. And they talk about, oh, stupid devil, oh, dumb devil, oh, slew foot, whatever that means. (laughs) And I want you to know, you are not gaining any ground by underestimating your enemy. That just shows you don't understand some things. If you don't take this very seriously, you are going to fall in some areas. If the Bible warns us about his subtlety, about his craftiness, about his deceptiveness, should we take the Bible seriously and do what the Bible says? Get vigilant, be on the watch, be diligent to watch out for him. And every time his stuff shows up, all we got to do is resist it. Is that right? Just don't give in, resist it. And that's what all this armor is for, is for resisting and not letting these lies penetrate you. Keep reading. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And he goes on talking about again, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. He keeps saying, stand against it. Resist it. Withstand it. The same word as other places translated resist. Same thing talking about resist the devil. The main thing you need to know about the devil is what? Resist. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't give in. Resist. Everybody say shields up. (laughs) What kind of picture does that paint? Not giving in. Not laying it down. Not giving in, not giving up. We're going to resist this thing. And if it comes a thousand times, we're going to resist it a thousand times. And having done all, what do you do? If it comes back again, you stand against it again. You resist it again. But back up to the previous verse, please. 
verse 12. This is the thing the Lord emphasized to me. We're going to see this in other scriptures. He told us what we're not fighting against. Now the Lord's not negative. He doesn't emphasize the negative. He's positive. But here, and I'm going to show you a number of other places, he keeps telling us what we're not fighting. Why would he need to tell us? Not once, not twice, not three times, but repeatedly. Why would he need to tell you, now you're not fighting this. Now you're not fighting this. Now let me remind you, (laughs) you're not fighting this. Why would he keep telling us that? If the Lord tells you something one time, it's important. If he tells it to you twice. If he tells it to you half a dozen times. What what should you say? Am I getting this? Why does he keep telling me this? This must be something I should be super aware of. Lest I do it. If the Lord says, now you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're not fighting against flesh. You're not fighting against flesh. You're not fighting against flesh. Why would he tell you that? Because if you don't get this, you will be fighting against flesh. That's why he tells you so many times. Go with me, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians. Let's notice it again. Everybody said out loud, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood. You're going to 2 Corinthians 10, please. You know, we saw in 1 Corinthians earlier in our studies how Paul talked about, he said, uh, I run not as uncertainly, I fight not as one beating the air. Why would he say, I don't fight like that? There is fighting that people call spiritual warfare that is nothing in the world but shadow boxing. You're not hitting a thing. Well, why would you be doing that? Why would you be fighting something that's not your problem? It's because the enemy has convinced you this is your problem. And the greatest defeats in military strategy, history, the greatest upsets, if you go back and study strategy, is when the enemies, some of our greatest, you know, the U.S. and and its allies, some of our greatest battles that we've won in times past, is when we convince the enemy we're coming in over here. And so they moved all their resources over here. But guess what? We put a little fake stuff over here. But the real forces are coming in over here. And caught them by surprise. And defeated them. This is how the enemy works. The Bible warns us and tells us we're given all this armor. So we can stand against his what? His the amplified says strategies. His deceit, his craft, and this this is happening all over the world with Christians. The devil is saying, "Fight this, fight this, fight this. This is your problem. This is your problem." And people get all engrossed in that, and he's hitting them from over here. They're not even fighting this. 
So it's just doing damage. Misdirection. The devil is the master of deception. Do not underestimate him when it comes to this. This is how he wins again and again and again. Is by getting Christians. It's happened with, with many of us many times. To fight flesh. Or something in the flesh. Which has to do with the outward. When that's not where the battle is. Somebody say not against. Flesh and blood. Look in 2 Corinthians. Our scripture that we've looked at repeatedly. Notice how it starts off. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. Though we walk in the flesh. We what? We do not war after the flesh. Say it out loud. We do not war. We do not war. After the flesh. Why would he tell you what you don't fight against? (laughs) Because if you don't wake up to this, we don't get revelation of this, we will be fighting against flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are what? He tells you what they're not. And the word carnal is the same exact word translated flesh. Many of your modern translations say it. Flesh. Sit out loud, the weapons of my warfare are not flesh. I don't war after the flesh. I don't wrestle against flesh. Flesh is not my problem. It's not a flesh fight. It's a faith fight. And what we need to ask ourselves, anytime we see ourselves getting worked up, And beginning to struggle with something. And wrestle with something. We need to pause. Take a moment and ask ourselves a big question. Is this flesh? Because if it is. We're fighting the wrong thing. We need to back up and ask ourselves. Is this flesh? What does it mean is it flesh? Glad you asked. (laughs) Let's finish this passage. Verse 3, say it again. Though we walk in the flesh, what? It wouldn't hurt you to say this a hundred times today. Say it out loud. I don't war. I don't war. After the flesh. I'm not fighting flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not flesh. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Flesh strongholds? No, it's not a flesh fight. It's a spiritual fight. Not a flesh fight, a faith fight. How do you fight a spiritual fight? A faith fight. Verse 5, we're not struggling with flesh. What are we fighting against? Imaginations. That's not flesh. I said that's not flesh. And imagination is not physical. It's not outward. It's inward. The fight's not out here. The fight's in here. It's a spiritual fight. Not a natural fight. What should you be fighting against? Imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every what? Thought. Thoughts. Suggestions. Feelings. Temptations. Not flesh. That's what you should be fighting. 
That's what our job is, to fight. Every imagination that's contrary to what God told us. Every thought that's contrary to what God told us. That's what we should be fighting. Not stuff in the flesh. This is going to get stronger in us the further we go. Go to Romans 8. Romans the 8th chapter. While you're turning there, I'm going to read some more scripture to you. Can you get too much scripture? Can you overdose on scripture? If you do, it just make you happy. <laughs> sure wouldn't hurt you. <laughs> no such thing as being too built up. Too encouraged. When the last time you saw somebody? No, I'm, I'm too encouraged as it is. I don't, I don't need any more building up or strength. No, no, that's not the issue. Jesus said, I'm just going to give you some more scriptures to solidify this in your spirit. You don't have to turn here. You're going where? Romans 8. But listen to these. John 3, 6, Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if you're fighting flesh, you're not fighting spirit. Can you see this? John 6.63, Jesus said, it's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. So if you're fighting in the flesh, that's when you're shadow boxing. That's when you're beating the air. And you may be making a lot of noise and working up a sweat, but you are accomplishing nothing. And the enemy's got you preoccupied with here when he's nailing you from here. But by the grace of God, we're not ignorant of his devices. The Lord's enlightening us and helping us. And he can be jumping up and down, whistling and hollering and saying, I'm, this is your problem, this is your problem, and we will be unmoved by it. We will be dead to it. We'll be going, I'm not looking at that. That's flesh. This is what I'm fighting. Imaginations, thoughts, temptations, suggestions, feelings. Come on, are you with me? It's not flesh. It's spirit. The spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. How many believe they're powerful? And they are life. How did Jesus fight the spirit fight? With the words of his mouth. How did he fight when the enemy attacked him? It is written. It is written. It is also written. Is he fighting something in the flesh? No. The enemy's bringing these thoughts and these feelings and these lies and these deceptions and suggestions to him. And he's speaking against it, resisting it with the word of God, with his faith. In uh, John 7, 24, it says, Jesus said, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, we look not at the things that are seen. Why? Why are we not looking at the things that are seen? That's flesh. That's not our problem. But we're looking at the things that are not seen. Spirit. That's eternal. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith. Why would he need to tell you what you're not walking by? Why would he need to tell you? Isn't he telling us again and again? It's not the flesh. It's not what you see. It's not the natural. It's not the outside. Is he telling us this repeatedly? He keeps telling us. He keeps telling Not the natural. That's not it. That's not where your fight is. We walk by faith. Somebody say, I walk by faith. faith. 
not by sight. It's a faith fight, not a sight fight. It's a faith fight, not a flesh fight. Now, Romans 8, are you there? Romans 8. I believe by the grace of God, we can have a great spiritual victory here this morning. You can get some things knocked in the head and actually be putting on some armor that will protect you from now on, learning what not to respond to and get caught up in and learning what to focus on. In Romans the 8th chapter and the 5th verse, he says, they that are what? After the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. Now, the word flesh, a lot of times when we hear flesh, people's minds go off on tangents. A lot of times they get to thinking sensual or sexual and limit it to that. No, it means, literally it means meat, like what the body is made out of. And it's referring to the whole outward. Sometimes it's used in a bigger sense just to refer to the outward. How many know the Bible talks about there's an inward man and there's an outward man? And even though the outward man's growing older and eventually die, the inward man's renewed day by day. When he says flesh, he's talking about the outward. And if you mind the outward, then you're fleshly. Outwardly minded, focused. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, and that's the same word for flesh. To be flesh minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The life and peace sounds like you're not losing, you're winning, you're staying in victory. But death, you're losing. And why did you lose? Because you were flesh minded. You kept your mind on the outward external things and you were fighting and wrestling with external things. Instead of dealing with the real enemy which are the thoughts and the temptations and the imaginations that you should have been casting down. The Young's literal translation says the mind of the flesh is death. The mind of the spirit, life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity to God. Verse 8 says those that are in the flesh are not able to please God. In the flesh. Can you see it keeps saying not the flesh. Not the flesh. Go to 1 Corinthians 3 please. We're going to get this. Come on somebody say I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. 1 Corinthians 3 is a perfect example. This applies to so many areas. But it basically is fighting the outside instead of fighting the inside. Fighting the external. Wrestling with the external. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't war against the flesh. Our weapons are not fleshly. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto what? What does that word mean? Fleshly. Now, he's talking to born-again, spirit-filled believers in the church at Corinth. Tongue talkers. And he calls them fleshy and babies. 
fleshy, even as unto babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Why couldn't they take it? Fleshy. Babies. Keep reading. You are yet what? Well, one time wasn't enough. You're fleshy. Wonder if there's any Christians fleshy today. Oh, brother. (laughs) What does fleshy mean? Only focused on the outward, the outside, the external. You are fleshy. And how do we know they're fleshy? Because there's envying and strife and divisions. For the third time, he says, are you not fleshy? (laughs) Two verses, he's called them fleshy. Three times. How many know Paul would not have been popular in some churches? He's been speaking for two minutes and he's already called them fleshy. Three times. <laughs> but hey, if it's true, it's true and you're not going to get victory pretending and playing games. You're fleshy. How do we know it? Because there's envy and strife and divisions. Are you not fleshy and walk as men? Keep reading. One says, I'm of Paul, another of Apollos. Are you not fleshy? That's four times. <laughs> Five? <laughs> Who's Paul and Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He goes on throughout the chapter to tell them, You're being foolish. And, and of course, fleshy. <laughs> Why? Because I belong to you, Apollos belongs to you. Peter belongs to you. You don't have to pick between us. We all belong to you. You don't have to pick. What's he talking about? The devil has got them fighting each other instead of him. They think this group over here is their problem. Holding them back. They're fighting flesh. They think these people over here are in my way and hindering me and holding me down and holding me back. And the devil is just beating their brains out. Because they're not even resisting him. They're fighting with each other. How many times has that happened? How many times has that happened in families? Husbands and wives, the devil's got them fighting each other, ripping each other, when that's the two that ought to be standing toe-to-toe, resisting him. And how many understand, if he can get you to fighting each other, then he can just work unhindered. You're not even resisting him. Fighting flesh. When it's a faith fight. Fighting flesh. When it's a spirit fight. Somebody said out loud. Flesh is not my problem. Flesh and blood. Human beings. Not my enemy. I know sometimes it may look that way. And feel that way. But even if they're yielding to something. It's not really them. The flesh and blood. It's the spirit behind it. And you ought not be wrestling with them. That's not going to win you in a victory. What's my fight against? Those lies. Those lies, those thoughts, those feelings. And he, how many have recognized that the devil lies to you about me and me about you? 
He's the accuser of the brethren. And he comes and says, they don't like you. They don't even know you exist. They don't care. They don't care about all you've done and this and that. And, and, and you know what he's telling them the other way? He's telling them the same thing about you. They're not this and they're not that. And if I get to eye on you sideways, you get to eye on me sideways, what are we doing? We're focused on the flesh. We're looking here in the outward. And he's left unresisted, unchecked. When the thing is, you and I ought to grab arms and go, I'm not your problem. You're not my problem. He's the problem. Is that right? And we begin to both, hallelujah, resist him. And he has to flee. But is he not subtle, tricky, crafty? Don't underestimate him. He's got people at each other's throats all over the world. Doesn't he? Churches are splitting right and left. He's got good men and Christian men and women separating and divorcing right and left. Everywhere people are struggling and wrestling and fussing and cussing and wrangling. And it's all flesh, 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 flesh. Which is why they are being defeated right down the line. Because they're not even fighting the real thing. Said out loud, I don't wrestle. Against flesh and blood. My weapons. Are not flesh. They're spirit. It's a faith fight. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew. And I believe it's really going to. Sink in now. Matthew. 14th chapter. It's interesting how the Lord has brought us full circle. If you remember the first message and the first two messages that we started out in this, we talked about Peter. Hadn't been that long, guys. (laughs) Remember Peter? (laughs) And how Peter was so, he was ready to fight. Remember that? And Jesus said, all of you is going to deny me and leave me tonight. And all of them said, no way, no way. We will die with you. But the most vocal one was Peter. And he's saying, no way, no how. I will fight with you. I will die with you. But he underestimated the enemy. Didn't he? He was thinking about the outside. And he was ready to fight physically. He was ready to die physically. But what he wasn't prepared to do was resist those thoughts and feelings that overwhelmed him when they came and grabbed Jesus and took him away and he let them. And he realizes this is going to go down and he can't understand why or how this could ever happen. And everybody ran away and he did too. And he's standing out there by the fire and they're saying, you're one of them too. And he was being pressed and tempted, wasn't he? And pushed to go, was this all a lie? Was any of this real? Is he really the Christ? How could they take him like that? How could this happen? Well, they'll kill you too. You better not say. You better not say. He's being, remember we talked about how the enemy will push you and pressure you and push you and pressure you. And so he was, he he said, no, no, I don't know. I don't know what happened. He just hit the ground. Why? Because he turned loose of his faith. I mean, just a few hours before. 
You could not have taken a bat to him and got him to admit or say, confess that Jesus wasn't the Lord. He wasn't the Christ. He wasn't the Messiah. If the enemy can get your faith, you lose the fight. Can you see that? What kind of fight is it? It's a faith fight. If you lose your faith, you lose the fight. And if you get fixated on the flesh, then you're wrestling with the wrong thing. And you're going to let the enemy come in from over here and get your faith. How many remember the Bible talks about in Luke 8, Matthew and other places, how that when the sower sows the word, what happens immediately after that? The enemy comes. To do what? Steal that word. And the ground is representative of your heart. Can he forcibly rip the word away from you? No, he can't. Can he forcibly take your faith out of you? No, he can't. He has to convince you through his subtlety, craft, lies, strategies to give it up. Did Peter give it up that night? Did he go, I don't know what we've been doing. I don't know what's going on. No, and he starts lying and and separating himself from him. But this is not the first time this had happened to Peter. In Matthew, the 14th chapter, are you there? Matthew 14. Somebody say, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. Matthew 14. Jesus sends the disciples in the boat. You remember that? And uh, when they were now, you know, in the boat, the the storm came up. And uh, Jesus came walking on on the sea. Matthew 14, 25. Well, 24. How about 23? When he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. It was not a calm night. It was a stormy night. And in the fourth watch of the night, this is like from three in the morning till daylight, in the wee hours of the morning, we'd say, Jesus went to them doing what? Doing what? Walking on the sea. He's doing what? Now here's where you separate the men from the boys and the girls from the women. If you think that's an unbelievable fairy tale, then you're just an unbeliever. But if God's real, if Jesus is real, the virgin birth is real. The resurrection is real. Miracles are real. Creation is real. And Jesus did walk on the H2O. How can you walk on water? Unbelievers would say you can't. Impossible. Why would they say they can't? Because they only believe what they can see, what they can feel. They are flesh limited. They are flesh locked. And it is true that you cannot walk on the water in the flesh. (laughs) you can't walk on the water walking in the flesh you can walk on the water by faith you can walk on the water 
walking in the spirit. Why is this story in the book? Why is this story here? Why is it here? Was Jesus the only one to ever walk on the water? Because of course he's the son of God. Son of God can do that. Don't try this at home. (laughs) What? No. Our beloved likable sometimes talk too much too loud move too quick Peter keep reading keep reading keep reading when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled they said it's a spirit and they cried out for fear seeing the supernatural does not give you faith (laughs) seeing amazing miracles does not give you faith it can just scare you. How does faith come? Anybody know how? Faith, faith doesn't come by seeing stuff. Faith comes by hearing what God said. Keep reading. Peter answered him. Ain't nobody else saying a thing. They're scared. And maybe Peter's scared too. But the boy just cannot be quiet. He said, Lord, is that you? They, they said it's a spirit. This is some kind of an apparition. Come on, think about it. It's 3.30 in the morning. You're out on the water. It's black. It's pitching up and down. It's wet. The wind's blowing. You see something. Looks like a man. It's walking on the water. The hair and the clothes blowing in the wind. You're thinking, what? What is that? When's the last time you ever saw somebody walk on the water at 3.30 in the morning in a storm? So they're saying, this scared them. And uh, Jesus said, cheer up. Quit you being scared. It's me. It's I. Be not afraid. Oh, hallelujah. How's he doing this? How's he doing this? He's not doing it in the flesh. Because in the flesh you can't walk on the water. He's doing it in the spirit. He's doing it by faith. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come to you on the water. Call me to come. I want to do that. (laughs) Jesus. Is that you? Call me. Call me to come. Now, if the Lord is like a lot of people have imagined, and some scriptorians, theologians have imagined, he'd have said, Peter, durst thou not knowest? I am the Almighty. How dare you presume you, a mere worm mortal of a man, do what I the Son of God can do. And he'd have put him in his place. But that's not the real Jesus. And that's not God. You know what he said? Come on. Come on, boy. Come on. Get to doing it. Get to walking on the water. Come on, it's nice out here. Come on. 
How many believe the one who never changes, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's still saying to all his beloved children, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, walk with me. Walk like I do. Do what I do. If you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater work than these shall you do. Come on. Come on, do what they say can't be done. Come on, tap into the miracle power of God. Come on. Come on. It is possible. It is possible. Now, you'll never do it in the flesh. But it is possible in the spirit by faith. So Peter came down out of the ship. I'll read them next words. And he what? He did what? He dog paddled. Did you? He, he did what? He bobbed up and down like a cork. He, he, he floated on his back. What did he do? He walked on the water to go to. Is he doing what Jesus is doing? Now, did Peter know everything? Did he get everything right? Was he sometimes carnal and fleshy? And yet, and yet, how many know there's hope for us? He is experiencing the power of God. He is tasting of the powers of the world to come. He is acting like Jesus. He is walking like Jesus. He's experiencing God. And yet it didn't last too long. Did it? Did he lose his momentum? And how did it happen? When he. Are you looking at this next phrase? When he did what? When he what? When he saw. The wind. Boisterous. Come on tell me. Can you walk on the water in the flesh? Can you walk on the water. By sight. No you can't. You can't walk on the water by sight. You can only walk on the water by faith. And if you walk by faith, you're not walking by sight. If you're walking in the spirit, you're not walking by the outward, by the external, by the flesh. Is the enemy happy that Peter is tapping into this? And that the rest of the guys in the boat are realizing, well, hey. If Peter can do that, and not only them, but all of us reading it, right? Realizing, hey, this wasn't Jesus. This is Peter. Peter did it. Is the enemy happy about this? Oh, we got to stop this before it catches on. We'll have water walkers everywhere. (laughs) And what will that do? That will shake the world up. We'll have people tapping into miracles everywhere. So what does he do? What does he do? What does he do? What does he do? Paul, come here. Come here. Jack's down over here, buddy. Now, Jack's going to represent Jesus. Paul's going to represent Peter. And Jesus says, come on. And Paul said, to God. <laughs> and he steps out of the boat and, and real slow start walking on the water. 
Wind's blowing, waves are blowing, and yet he's walking on the water. What does the enemy do? What does the enemy do? The enemy says, hey, 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 Paul, Paul, man, look, look at this wind. Look at this. Paul, look at the waves, waves. Man, there ain't no way you can walk on the water when the wind's blowing like this. Come on, come on. There ain't no way. Come on, do you see this? There ain't no way. Is he fighting? Is his problem the wind? Is his problem the wind? Are you sure? Is his problem the wind? No, the wind is, if you will, flesh. It's natural. It's outward. And it is an effect on his flesh. He feels it on his flesh. But all that's natural. He has symptoms. Symptoms. I said he has symptoms on his flesh of wind and waves. Can the wind keep you from walking on the water? It cannot. Can the waves keep you from walking on the water? Can gravity and the density of water versus air versus ground keep you from walking on the water. It cannot. Walking by faith, walking in the Spirit supersedes all of that. Could the enemy stop him from getting out of the boat? No. Can the enemy stop him from experiencing the miracle and walking on the water and getting to Jesus? Can he? Can he? What can he do? What can he do? Paul, Paul, no, man, the wind, the wind, the wind. And what happened to Peter? He stopped looking at Jesus when he saw the wind and he got his mind on that and he got out of the spirit. He got back in the flesh. He's no longer walking by faith. He's walking by sight. Come on, can you see this? And what happened when he began to walk by sight? What happened? He started to sink. Because you can't walk on the water in the flesh. Which is why the enemy is continually trying to get you to fight the flesh. Thanks guys, y'all can be seen. What is flesh? What is flesh? Symptoms are flesh. Hurting. Pain. Swelling, inflammation, bad test results, bad reports. See, you, you'll see Christians that don't understand walking by faith. They go to the doctor, maybe a good man, a good woman. I believe a doctor, a nurse, a technician can be called to their profession just like I'm called to preach. I believe they can be anointed. Hallelujah. And yet they're limited as far as the natural. And really, no man is the healer. If somebody performs perfect surgery on you or perfect treatment, they didn't heal you. Now you've got to heal up after the treatment. Is that right? So man's not the healer, never has been, never will be. And yet, how many thank God for good doctors and nurses? A lot of us wouldn't be here. Thank God for them. And yet, you've got some people that say they believe in faith, they believe in healing, they believe in miracles to go to the doctor. 
And the doctor gives, runs their tests and stuff and looks at them and gives them a bad report. Says, I'm sorry, but you got such and such. and It's incurable. It's terminal. You got Christians that will jump up and go, I rebuke you. <laughs> I rebuke you. Which is why some doctors despise, they think, people like us. But that's not what we believe here. How many understand? The doctor's telling you what he's seeing in the natural. He's telling you about the flesh. It's a flesh report. It's there. It's real. But how much stock should you put in a flesh report? Did I lose somebody? How much basis should you put on a stock in a flesh report? Thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Right? You go back out to your car. You sit down. And you say, none of these things move me. What if Peter had said, that don't move me. Wind blowing. Wind blowing don't move me. Wind in the face don't move me. Little waves splashing on my knees don't move me. That doesn't move me. None of these things move me. I'm not going to get embroiled into fighting these symptoms. See, people have thought, you know, if you're hurting or you got a, something that's not right in your body, I have to make this stop with my faith. And if it's not stopping, then I got I to gotta work harder to make it stop. No, honey, you're not the healer. Never have been. Quit fighting the feelings. Quit fighting the, the pain and the symptoms. That's not your job. You know what you're supposed to be fighting? This stuff that comes and says, you're not going to be healed. This is never going to be any better. That's what you're supposed to rise up and go. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me you're not going to make it. This is never going to get any better. You need to holler lies. Lies. Not at people. People's not your problem. At the enemy. I've seen people get behind on their finances. Their creditors call them. You're behind three months. You're behind four months. You're behind six months. When are you going to pay me? And they say, all my bills are paid. Uh, I rebuke you. (laughs) Get behind me. (laughs) And that's why some people think faith people are nuts. Because some of them have acted nuts. That's not faith. That's got nothing to do with faith. If you owe them, you owe them. If you hadn't paid them, you hadn't paid them. What you need to do is ask for mercy and forgiveness and and be honest. And say, you know, I I did not intend to, if you didn't intend to do it, I didn't intend to do this. I meant to pay you. And these things have happened. And forgive me, I'm not trying to make excuses. I, I intend to pay you. If you can give me some time. And do what you can. If you can send $10, send $10 now. Do something now as a good act of faith. It'd been better if you'd have called them before they called you. But looking at the bills and wrestling with the collectors or wrestling with the people you owe, getting caught up in that and getting mad and getting frustrated and getting angry and I got to pay these bills, I got to pay these. You're not the provider either. You're fighting the wrong fight. Can you see this? You're fighting flesh. 
You're fighting feelings. You're fighting symptoms. That's not the problem. What should you be fighting? Lies coming to you telling you there's no way you'll ever pay this. There's no way. You're done. You're losing everything. There's no way you're ever going to come out of this. And that's when you rise up and say, that's a lie. That's a lie. God's my provider. I'm a giver. Hallelujah. I'm a tither. You're rebuked. The devourer is rebuked. Hallelujah. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever it takes, the Lord will help me and bring me out of it. He'll show me. Is that right? That's where your fight is, is in never giving in to the you can't, it won't, you won't ever, it's not going to happen, there's no way, it's impossible. That's what you fight against day and night with the Word of God. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Yes, it is. Yes, it has. That's where our fight is. I don't have to heal myself. I don't have to make the money come in. And when you realize that, the truth will make you free. You can just breathe a sigh of relief. And, uh, and if somebody says, man, you look like you're hurting. You look like that. You go, yeah, yeah, it's there. Don't worry about that. That's just the wind blowing. Huh? <laughs> don't worry about that. And that's, and, and that's you not being embarrassed thinking, well, I must not be much of a faith person because I still got this stuff going on. No, that's the devil again trying to distract you and get you to focus on the wrong thing. That's not your fight. If you're standing firm in your faith, going, I am healed, and I will finish my course, and I will run my race, and my bills are paid, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, I'll have everything I need to. If you're doing that with a strong heart, then you're doing good. I said you're doing good, no matter what it looks like or feels like. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Said out loud, fight, fight. the good fight, the good fight. Of, faith. of faith. Ooh, hallelujah. We're not fighting flesh. We're fighting fears and doubts, lies. We're fighting spirit, not flesh. Close your eyes if you would. Many have struggled to the point of weariness against these natural things and physical things. Let there be a change this morning. Somebody said out loud, close your eyes, no looking around, please. Said out loud, no longer will I struggle against flesh and blood. No longer will I fight against the wind and waves. Against the feelings, the pain, the bills. That's all flesh. That's all natural. That's all outward. That's not my fight. I fight the spirit fight. I fight the good faith fight. And I win every time. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today 
For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.